it is your host, Mariam Ernest, and welcome to the Recovery from Fragmented Families podcast. This podcast is dedicated to you, my wonderful listeners and subscribers who have been affected by family estrangement. And now you seek out your own journey to emotional recovery, inner healing, and self-discovery. This podcast will cover all aspects of family estrangement and will dig deeper to uncover the deep seeded reasons of why people choose to cut ties with their families for good or why others have been cut off by their families. But most importantly, we will cover how they have made a full recovery from this or at least how to live with it. These conversations will not only inspire you, motivate you and educate you, but will also serve as a guide to a life of fulfillment, free from anger and resentment, by activating your inner strength of resilience and transforming your mindset. We can't wait for you to join us. You are amongst families and friends. So let's get started on this journey. Let's get started indeed on this wonderful journey. Oh my God, I have a, such an exciting guest coming up. Honestly, I, I'm not even going to say much. I'll just let you hear her speak for herself, right? Her name is Stephanie McNeil. Honestly, the first time I came across Stephanie, it was in Clubhouse and she was speaking. When she was speaking, I was like, oh, wait a minute, who is this lady? I went to click on her bio and he says, a forgiveness coach. And I'm like, a forgiveness coach? I have never heard of a forgiveness coach. And that sparked my curiosity because at the time I was actually working on my, I was working on my forgiveness book and meditation and it was really fitting so when Stephanie was speaking everything that was she was saying was resonating with me and I'm looking and it says forgiveness catalyst and I'm like well a forgiveness catalyst I think I need to speak to this person I think I need to just one way or another get to have a conversation with her because I believe or heartedly that what Stephanie has to share is so valuable and is so needed, especially in a community of people, actually in any community of anybody that needs to forgive, but more so for the community that I'm serving at the moment, which is people who have experienced family estrangement. Now, we know family estrangement is a form of life adversity. Now, we know adversity are usually life experiences wrapped in cactus or sandpaper, which they have a capacity, and I mean literally have the capacity to drown us, okay, emotionally, not literally speaking, but metaphorically speaking, have the ability to drown us. But I feel like we get drowned because we just don't have the technique or the know-how how to navigate these t- uh, terrains or you know, the desert or the the forest, um, as we call it, 
And I feel like this is what is so important when we come across people like Stephanie, because in a way they can give you that little guidance, how to navigate through the sticky terrain or the harsh terrains of these adversities and to enable you to come out on the other side. Anyway, I'm not going to say more. I'll just let Stephanie introduce herself. So hi, Stephanie. Are you able to just introduce yourself? And say a little bit about yourself so for my listeners can get to know who you are. Yes. First of all, I am so excited to be here. This is uh, my second international um, interview. So thank you so much for allowing me to be here. I am Stephanie McNeil. I am a relationship educator, uh, a facilitator of identity and destiny, a former women's ministry leader. And for the past nine years, I've been known as a forgiveness coach. And I help women go from heartbreak to happy so that ultimately they grow and have the power and the passion to be free to love. And that's free to love God, free to love themselves, and then free to love everybody else. Absolutely amazing. And how did you come into this role? Well, um, following the death of my father in 2012, Um, I attended his funeral and it was the most beautiful funeral I've ever attended Um, because um, my dad had Alzheimer's. And so I don't know if you've ever loved anyone who had Alzheimer's, who has Alzheimer's or had Alzheimer's. Uh, It changes who they are as a person. And so every day when you see them, it's like you need to just interact in order to keep your sanity you have to accept who they are today. And so Absolutely. what happens is that mm-hmm, over time they change and they're not the person that you once knew or, or the person that they once were. So when I went to his funeral, I remembered my daddy. Yeah. And I and he was a great, he had his faults, yeah. but he was an amazing man who had, you know, put uh, made an impact on the lives of countless other people. Yeah. And so when I came home from his funeral, I was just like, okay, Stephanie, um, your dad is gone. You know, he lived an amazing life. What are you doing? What are you doing with your life? You're, you're just wallowing in pity. Yeah. And so I set out on this um, journey. Uh, I went through this program, Identity and Destiny. And that's where I found out that yeah. I, am a minister, I am a minister of reconciliation, call to the masses, and my destiny is to press while I encourage and teach others to do the same. But the problem mm-hmm. with my identity and my destiny is the fact that I was a bitter person. Oh, yes. <laughs> so is that, is that being like you've kind of forgiven in the outside, but inside there's all sorts of volcano bubbling? No, I had not forgiven on the out, inside nor the outside. Oh, wow. <laughs> no. I was a bitter person mm-hmm. and I, through my journey, I realized that it was generational bitterness. My mother was yes. bitter. Her mother was bitter. And so I didn't want to pass on that trait to my children. Yes. And in order to teach them different, I yeah. had to change and be different. Different. So when I because I work with uh, individuals going through family estrangement, the one thing I realize when it does come to these behaviors, so bitterness, which is a form of dysfunctional behavior, 
I noticed it tend to be very generational and it tend to be handed down from generation to generation. Mm. And I think one person has to have a, a, a ha-ha moment to say, actually, I'm behaving like my mother. My mother's behaving like her mother. Something here is not amiss. And this is why I would say when it comes to dysfunctional families, it's not so much of a family curse. I think it's so much more of inherited dysfunctional behaviors that we just pass mm. on from one generation to the next, yes. Mm. Um, and when you, earlier you mentioned about your dad having Alzheimer's, I, I worked with people with Alzheimer's disease for almost 10 years oh, um, wow. of dementia. And I remem remember, you know, when the, they came to us at the time, the organization I was with, it was, sometime it was early onset. And as the years went and by, it went progressive to the point that they didn't recognize their own children. Mm -hmm. And the people that were left carrying the hurt were the children or the wives and other relatives. So I that I completely understand when you mentioned that, actually. And every time you do visit them, you have to be in a moment because mm -hmm. when you come next time, they have forgotten everything. Oh, yeah. The next yeah. moment they will have forgotten it. So, yeah. yeah. So can you, I mean, when your father died, I've listened to your podcast, so I understand where some of the bitter feeling would have come from are you able to elaborate a little bit about that yeah um so when i was growing up uh initially i mean i was a daddy's girl yeah. from the time i was born i mean my parents had a, a funeral home and my dad would take me in the bassinet wherever he was yeah. and so i was always with my dad um, however, when I was in middle school, I found out that uh, my dad was committing adultery, having an affair with someone who friended me. And um, from that moment, um, I hated him because I confronted him when I, when I found out about it. I confronted him after that, whatever I witnessed. Yeah. And I asked him about it and he lied to me. And that was so devastating to me because my parents always taught me. And now that I think about it, I think it was my mother always taught me that yeah. the worst thing you could do is to lie. And here, here it was the person that I loved the most, you know, was standing there in my face and was lying to me. And I wanted nothing to do with him. Yes. I never told my mother. I never told her, you know, what I saw. Um, so there was an elemental family secret as well now. Yep. Yep. And I hated him. I wanted yeah. nothing to do with him. I totally distanced myself from him for years. So how did that uh, look like as, um, as you went into your teenager years and early adulthood until the time of his passing? Well, so when I was in high school, um, by the time I got to high school, my mother would work out of town all week. So it was my dad and me always, you know, together at home. And he worked, you know, at the funeral home all day. So really all the, the only time we saw each other was in the evenings. Mm -hmm. I never wanted to be home. I never wanted to be home. I was in every club that there is. I was in the science club. I was in FBLA. I was in student government. I was in the band. Um, I tried to keep myself busy so that I didn't have to interact with him. Did he ever try to reach out to you? Uh, did he ever pick up an anomaly in behavior to say this is not? Um, Never. Like picked up a change, nothing? Never. Oh, okay. Never. 
thank you for sharing because often sometimes you you would imagine like a parent will pick that up that their child has become slowly distanced but sometimes it it goes completely um aloof to be honest you know and no one's ever asked me that so i've never pondered that but what i do know from my dad's first marriage he had a lot of pain yeah and he never really talked to me about it other than to say that that experience nearly destroyed him yeah. so i believe and this i don't know this to be true for real and because my my parents were from the silent generation they were oh, yes. he was born he was born in 1931 so they didn't talk about things oh, back God, then no. No, he didn't. didn't. He didn't know how to deal with his feelings. Um, he was very quick to anger, but very quick to get over it. So he would explode, and then, Release. you know, then he would leave, and then come back like nothing ever happened. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. That that is a generation of I call it the heart of steel inside, in and out. Mm -hmm. But I also feel like it wasn't particularly acceptable back then to be wearing your heart on your sleeve, actually, especially for, me, for a man. And Definitely there was a lot man. of things that were normalized, which now people will kind of look sideways at it. But I think it was a normalization of certain behavior pattern, which now we've identified as very toxic mm -hmm. um, to future generations. Yeah, indeed. So when you went through the journey of forgiveness, um, how, did, how has forgiveness um, affected your life? And I mean, in, in, in a good way and in a bad way, um for example when you realized that you needed to forgive how did this transform your life well <laughs> how do i say um you know forgiveness is a daily conscious choice but i didn't know that from the start what happened with me is that when I, it was revealed to me that I'm a minister of reconciliation called to the masses. Yeah. And I'm like, really God, like, you know me, like yes. I was so bitter. Let me tell you how bitter I was. How bitter were you? <laughs> I, there's a, um, there's a um, restaurant, fast food restaurant here called Wendy's. So I used to yeah. um, date this guy and I didn't know it at the time when, uh, when he was pursuing me that he was still with his ex-girlfriend whose name happens to be Wendy. Uh-oh. Let me tell you. So yeah. he, you know, he ended up breaking up with her, going with me. Yeah. Do you know I did not eat at Wendy's restaurant? Well, that's a hell of bitterness. <laughs> <laughs> Probably for like seven years or so i i would wow. not even eat at that restaurant that's how much toxicity and unforgiveness and how unwielding unbending yeah. i was so now god is calling you to this forgiveness you're like hello why are you picking me like yeah. there's a whole other people out there why me yeah why yeah. why is it you yeah and then the lord impressed upon me that because by this time I'm married I'm yes. in an emotionally destructive marriage um and I am spreading my toxicity on everybody 
you know, I'm because of my own anger and rage, uh, because in essence, I married a man that's exactly like my father. father. Yes. Okay. So, um, so what God impressed upon me that was that my success mm-hmm. was directly tied to my ability or inability to forgive my ex-husband. Wow. <laughs> and wow. so to be called to something and God saying, okay, this is your assignment. Your assignment is to forgive him. The person that has destroyed you emotionally, that you allowed, let me just say, that yes, you, you allowed, allowed yes. to destroy you emotionally. Wow. Get, this is the person that you have to forgive. Wow. And then what did that look like going forward? So it's been a continuous work, right? Um, I have a process that um, is based upon research, uh, 30 years of research from the International Forgiveness um, Institute. Um, And I've gone through my own process five times. Wow. Because you heal and you forgive on levels. Yes. And once you, cause like the first time that I started my process, yeah. um, by the, you know, by the time, you know, my dad had passed away. So I thought I had forgiven him. Right. So I thought that I needed to just focus on my work um, yeah. of forgiving my ex-husband, but I had to go back and walk through those things again with starting with my dad. Then I had to forgive my mother. Then I started working on him. And the thing that, that I've discovered is that once you decide that you want to live a lifestyle of freedom, which I believe is a lifestyle of forgiveness, yes. it's, you're going to be continually confronted with the opportunity to process some unforgiveness that you didn't know that you had. So it's almost like to get to the next level, God would always bring you challenges that would elevate you further. Yep. And within that, and I think it is those situations, I feel like sometimes that can get us to feel like we're not making any progress. You see, because sometimes yeah. I feel like if there's somebody out there listening who's going through family estrangement, whether it's their, their most common form of family estrangement is normally parents and, and children or sometimes it's siblings. And they feel like they've made steps forward in t- terms of forgiving um, people who will never essentially ever say sorry to them. And then something will trigger them to the point mm-hmm. that they feel like they've gone completely back. So what yeah. essentially you're saying is that actually it's okay to go back from time to time because you'll be confronted by these situations, providing that you are committed to keep pivoting in the right direction going forward. Right. right. You know, the, the reality is, is that we as humans, we, um, we uh, our goal is for comfort. We like comfort. But growth does not happen in comfort, right? Oh, no. So when we're confronted with these opportunities for growth, mm-hmm. that's, that's the nudge to keep going. So people think, oh, my gosh, I thought I was over this. Because forgiveness is not just a one-shot deal. No. It is a continuous thing. 
And that's one of the myths that people think that you are to forgive and forget, okay? And we kind of talk about this a little bit before we hit record. Yeah. Um, to me, okay, forgive and forget is an unrealistic thing, especially like say for instance, I will never forget uh, seeing my dad at that lady's house. No. I'll never forget that, right? I can see myself as I'm talking about it right now. I can see I can see myself peering into the window. However, I don't associate the pain that I and the devastation. And that's the mm. thing. We don't for, we, we don't forget it's that we don't associate the same pain, devastation, hurt, you know, brokenness, whatever the negative feeling that you had yes. that you had attached to it. Yes. You, you, you have let that go to the point Absolutely. that I can talk to you about it right now and be okay. I'm not going to, you know, get uh, over, you know, I'm not going to get done with this and go cry. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Oh my God. That is so true. Now I had somebody say to me, ma'am, I wouldn't, they were talking about somebody who's extremely hurt them uh, about two years ago. And they were saying to me, I will never forgive. They saw that I was doing a forgiveness meditation and a book. They were like, that's never going to work for me because I will never, ever forgive. And I said, well, either way, you're right. You know why? It's whatever you choose to put in your mind, it will be correct. But mm. if you wake up in the morning and say you're committed to at least give it a try, you start creating a different perspective. You know, your brain will start rewiring slightly different based on that. But if you, you know, so if there's somebody out there listening and they feel like, somebody's committed such an emotional trespass against them to the degree that they're not able to forgive. What would you say to that person? Yeah, I was in that place. Oh, you know, because I said that I would never, ever, ever forgive that woman. Yeah. Because she befriended me um, so that she could have an excuse to be at my house. Yes. You know, when my mom wasn't there, you know, because she was taking me to and from school. Yeah. But the thing about it is that that is a death sentence to yourself. You, when you say that, and then when you do that, you're locking yourself in jail. When you're yes. the person that has the key to release um, yourself, to release yourself. That lady probably is not even thinking about me. She's not thinking about that moment. The people that did whatever they did to you that is a reflection upon them okay. and the content of their character. Absolutely. But when you allow them to have control over you, because he who angers you controls you. Yes. Then you are really putting yourself on the same level or allowing yourself to be victimized over and over again. Yes. And the thing is, if you've been victimized over and over again, whenever, you know, earlier you're talking about the story that you can still see your dad, but at the same time, it doesn't carry the same emotions. Now, mm -hmm. interestingly, if you haven't worked through the forgiveness process, those emotions carry toxicity in your body. We're right. meaning con continuously living in a fight or flight mode, which we know those chemicals are very damaging to who mm -hmm. you are. It destroys Absolutely. your immune system. It starts destroying everything. Suddenly you start having all sorts of illnesses you didn't even realize you had, and you don't even know it's tied because every time you're thinking about this person, you've mm -hmm. got such a highly emotional response to the point that your 
mind is thinking is happening again and therefore re-traumatizing yourself time and time and time again that is so true yep yeah it's like um and i say this all the time if you buried it it's still alive and it's manifesting somewhere in your life you know that could be the source of your anxiety that could be the source of your depression that could be the source of your impatience I mean, unforgiveness manifests so many ways. That could be the reason why you're stuck. Absolutely. Absolutely. So and people don't even realize it. No, they don't actually. I, I, even to some degree, even to myself, I came to this awareness that I forgave by the tongue. And again, this is part to do that upbringing of Christianity that you forgive, you, you say you forgive and you don't even process everything, but just don't talk about it, don't bring it up. That level of shallow forgiveness. It's only until I realized sometimes when there was another minor infraction that was done by the person, then something inside me would erupt. Like, and I realized actually that eruption didn't come out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. Then I started, well, I was already meditating at the time, um, meditating for all various of reasons. I never did forgiveness meditation. So I started doing that. If I can change my brain thinking by changing my reality about many different areas, how why can i not do this for forgiveness so i started intentionally incorporating forgiveness into my meditation and my god it made such a different transformation for me and i say i became almost an observer to the people that i perceived have caused me harm right because it's all about perception in the end and i realized at the time even my reaction to the people was not helpful. In matter of fact, sometimes it made things worse. I'm not saying it wasn't justified, but I think sometimes by reacting better from a place of knowing, mm-hmm. it can produce a different result altogether. Right. So I think by realizing, even just releasing these people emotionally in my mind and allowing the pain to float up my body in some way, that made a huge difference in terms of going forward. And actually, this is why I'm here today because of that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I was in such bondage before Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of people, and you don't even realize, you just know when you think of someone, you immediately there's a pain point, whether it's in your heart, it's in your stomach, it's in your mind, it's immediately activated from that. Yep. Yes. Yep. That reminds me of um, the litmus test that I share with people to um, be able to tell whether or not they have forgiven. And mm-hmm. it's if you still have negative thoughts, feelings, actions towards the person, the place, the thing, the institution then you still have um, work to do. Absolutely, absolutely. So I wanna talk, I I just wanna touch on something. I know your time is very limited now. Um, Are you able to just touch on what forgiveness, uh, what forgiveness is and what forgiveness is not? Yeah. So to answer your question, what forgiveness is, I wanna start with the definition. And it actually is a British uh, philosopher. Her name is Joanna North. And I really love her. I really love her definition. And it is when unjustly hurt by another, you forgive when you overcome the resentment toward the offender, not by denying your right to the resentment, but instead, now I'm going to tell you this part right here is the part that kept me stuck for a long time. But instead, you offer the wrongdoer compassion, mm-hmm. benevolence, and love. And as you give these, you as the forgiver realize that the offender does not necessarily have a right to such gifts, but it's actually an act of mercy. 
Yes. OMG. I have to offer him what? What? <laughs> Compassion. Compassion. But benevolence yep. and love. Uh oh. That I'm telling you, Miriam, the reason it took me so long to forgive, I couldn't get past that. No. Compassion? Do you know yep. what he did? Do you yep. know what, you know, all this stuff? Benevolence, that's giving to someone who can't give back to you. But what I really, you know, went through my process yeah. and, and, and decided to get past this, because what happens is that when you go through a forgiveness process, you really think about and empathize with the offender and their life, what they went through, how yes. they may have uh, gotten to the place that they could even do something like this. You understand what I'm saying? Absolutely. So it takes you outside of yourself and puts you in their shoes. Absolutely. And then sometimes it's in their shoes, you realize sometimes they don't even have the capacity yep. to have been any different towards you, yep. actually, because the, the, the dysfunction they're carrying is the is, is the tapestry of who they are, right? Yeah. And or, it any other way. Or what I realized with my ex-husband is that he doesn't even love himself. Oh. So if he doesn't, if, if a person doesn't love themselves. How can they love you? How can they love you? They can't. Yes. And if they don't love themselves, that has a different manifestation in terms of looking for love anywhere they can find it. That's in right. terms of seeking it and whenever once something the sparks wears off you seek it somewhere else because love the feeling of fulfillment is external not internal yeah but that internal love comes from god first so yes. we got to learn how to receive his love and everything that comes with god you know what i'm saying absolutely so, yeah so if you can't fully receive god's love yeah then you can't fully love yourself you know because it's you know sometimes we are hiding from god because of the things that we've done yes or because of the shame that we feel we hide from god but in order to be released and freed from that we need to run to him yes so but what about if there's a person that believes they're not worthy of God's love based on what they've done? So they don't believe they're worthy. You know, this is the people that struggle to forgive themselves, even mm -hmm. when, um, and I tell you, you know, like when you became into awareness or why you need to forgive, now you can look back at the old Stephanie and be like, with compassion and understand what she didn't, she wasn't coming from a bad place. She was coming mm -hmm. from a place of trauma, right? Mm -hmm. So now when somebody thinks they're beyond even forgiving themselves what kind of advice would you give to this person and how can they begin to forgive themselves yeah you know um i really feel for people like that because those are people that um are punishing themselves mm. and the thing that i have found to be the most helpful is to shed light on it yes to, 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 if, to pray, to confess mm -hmm. it to God, to tell him every single detail, every ugly. Because first of all, God knows all, he sees all. Yes, he, he already does. knows. Yes. But when we confess it to him, it releases us, mm -hmm. right? 
And then I imagine that God is saying, don't you feel better now? Yes, absolutely. You know, I think a lot of times people might feel like that because they don't know, they don't truly know who God is. Mm -hmm. uh, God is not like conditional. He, his love is not conditional like the human love. You know, agape love is yes. unconditional. Yes. Um, and, you know, I think about it a lot of times. I mean, I'm not a perfect mother, but I love my children. And I think about like, there's nothing that my son can do to make me not love him. Now, I might not like it, yes. whatever he's done very much. Yeah. And I might be very mad at them, but there's nothing that they can do that yes. I won't have their back. Back. Yes. Okay. Yes. So I, I'm a mother as well. I've got three yeah. kids. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but a lot of times the problem is that people have dysfunctional relationships with their earthly fathers. Yes. Right. Because even in my forgiveness process towards my dad, yeah. I had to go back to that moment that my dad told me that lie. And, and I had to tell myself that, yes, he lied to you at that moment in time. However, the lie that he told to you was not to hurt you. No, it was absolutely. to protect, protect, it was himself. protect himself and to protect you. Yeah, it had absolutely. nothing to do with you, right? Yes. So once I told myself that truth, I could release it. Yes. Right? And so that's how I, uh, you know, it says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. You're free. It's just that you're free. Absolutely. So, so it's, it's the truth. It's our secrets that keep us sick. Yes. I was just about to touch on that one. What do you make about family secrets? And there's often, the one thing about when people go for family estrangement, they tend to keep a lot of things hidden, sometimes hiding from telling certain truths mm -hmm. about why they've become estranged from some people to protect others. So yeah. what is this ideas of these horrible secrets that circulate among families, but at the same time, they create such a toxic dynamics? Yeah. What's your make on this secrecy? And can people really truly ever forgive if they're still holding on to these secrets? Well, I believe that it's our secrets that, that keep us sick. And um, people hold those secrets because they don't want to change and they're shameful. You know, they don't want, they think that they don't, they want to project a certain image. So they want people to think whatever it is that they, this image that they have upheld yeah. or they're protecting someone. Um, I've heard, you know, people uh, uh, protecting one person while destroying another, you yes. know, um, and they're difficult, right? These are ugly, ugly things a lot of times that happen inside of families, but I don't believe that you can be totally free by keeping those things in, even if you just tell a therapist, even if you just write it down in a, a journal, yes. you have got to release this stuff. Okay. Even, you know, uh, my family member that, um, that molested me as a child, yes. when I confronted him, he denied it. Right. Wow. I'm free from it. He's still in bondage because he still has it. He yes. hasn't processed that. And I think that a lot of times people hold family secrets, mm -hmm. not only because it's shameful and they have guilt, 
but it forces them to um, admit certain truths about people that they love. Love, yes, absolutely. And it so does. they think that they're protecting that person when in actuality, I believe that they're hurting them because they're causing that person not to face their truth. Absolutely. And actually by not facing what they're doing, they can actually do it to other people. Exactly. And then that, it fosters the whole, and another sequence. This is why sometimes it's not unusual to find children in the same household they've been molested but none of them know until in adulthood that oh it happened to me too and they also the the the, the reality about these situations that each child tend to blame themselves mm -hmm. right yeah which is another form of bondage that someone carries with them for a long long time i've got one last question what two actually uh, what is one piece of advice would you give to someone listening right now who's struggling to forgive those who have wronged them um and they're having some kind of, especially when it comes to same parental issues, which is when it comes to family estrangement, let's say one of the most estrangement is adult children and parents. Um, so this is from maybe somebody in the church who they've forgiven by the, the tongue, I would say, but not, uh, not emotionally. What kind of advice would you give to somebody right now who is really struggling with this? Yeah, I mean, I have to acknowledge that, you know, if you're having some type of issue with your parents, like that is one of the most devastating things to happen because these are the people that brought you life. You know, um, there has to be a lot of struggle and um, stress about that. However, I believe that if you can't, you don't have to do it alone. No. Right. You don't have there's so many resources out there now that that didn't used to be right. So maybe you need to talk with someone. Um, I know that forgiveness is not even advised to do once you're going through a process by yourself, because sometimes, you know, what I experienced is that unforgiveness changed who I was as a person. It changed yes. my identity. And so if you have a warped identity, you're going to have warped thinking. Absolutely. And so sometimes it's good to have someone outside, you know, looking in because we can't see the forest for the trees. You know, you may think that you're, you know, going down the right pathway or you're on a healthy pathway when actually you haven't or you're not and so I would say don't be a, don't be afraid to reach out to get help yeah. I mean even if that help is just reading a book absolutely but do something do something and um you know share it with a trusted someone that you know that you can trust um, because you don't have to do this alone um and we have the internet reach yes. out to somebody you google you can find you google so it there's yes. so many um groups that uh, for for to help people heal now i think than ever so um i would say just you know um be willing to tell yourself the truth right yes because sometimes when you hit a wall sometimes when you're stuck it's because there's it's time for you to grow. And I, and I say all the time, if God brought you to it, it's time. It's time. Uh, we're not, and we definitely know when it's time. Now, yeah. do you have um, uh, resources that you can recommend 
like a particular mm-hmm. book? Uh, yes. I know you've mentioned you can find blogs on site, but do you have a particular book that you can recommend? <clears throat> yes, I have um, a, a mini book that I have written, an ebook, and um, it is called The Mindset of Freedom. And oh. what happened is that one, when God gave me that message of press, and yes. press stands for perseverance, resilience, yes. endurance, submission, and supplication, um, it wasn't actually a message. I thought it was a message, but it's a mindset. And so this mini book that I can offer to your listeners for free um, is something that I put together to help you to um, adopt that mindset every day so that you can live free every single day. Absolutely. And you know what, my mantra is we are born into this life. We're not born to suffer. I think we are born to thrive. And, but I think thriving, we must cultivate that idea of what thrive is. It's not mm-hmm. going to be coming from external. We're not going to be getting it from other people either. It is something that we need to be consciously aware of. But we have to become consciously aware that we create our own reality sometimes. So mm-hmm. it does come by having this awareness that we actually create our own reality. Okay, Oh, so thank true. you so much for offering that book. And I, it would be very, very helpful. And I feel like sometimes, you know, it's easier to stay in a stuckness because we're so familiar with those feelings. After all, some of these feelings have been embedded in, in us since we we're children. So it's actually comfortable knowing and it's actually going into the territory of forgiveness and living free. That is the unknown territory that we're venturing onto. And yeah. every time we encounter a little setback, we're like, you see, it didn't, it's not working. I need to go back here where I'm familiar with. And I think that sometimes people need to know you're going to encounter these things, as you mentioned earlier. It doesn't necessarily mean you need to fall back. It just means that's another hurdle. Jump over, jump over until you come to a place where, oh, it's another hurdle. That's cool. I've got you, you know? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And you know what? It it makes life so much. It's scary sometimes. Yes. But but to me, that's what leads to a fulfilled life and living in your purpose. Yeah, I know sometimes I'll be like, God, why today? Why this? Like, honestly, I'm like, you know what? Fine. I, whatever it is that you bought in my way today, I'm sure is for a reason. And I might mm-hmm. not understand it now, but in five years and three years from that's how I literally view life's challenges at the moment. And I am quite intuitive in that sense. So when I come to these life's adversity or life lessons in cactus, I'm like, okay, wh- what it is I'm supposed to be learning from here now? But don't give me any more. I really don't want any more. If you can just spare me just for like a year or so, so I can have a little rest, that would be great. But I, you know, if you can just spare me for one more year. But when things come my way now, I literally see it as a learning lessons and how it would enable me to grow. So I don't find myself in a situation where I'm shrinked by these situations where previously I was and I go to that fear state of mind, the anger stage and lashing out, et cetera, et cetera. I don't yeah. find myself in that position anymore. Um, yeah. So I think it's great when we do work on forgiveness of self and others, because now you re- most time people, sometimes they mean you harm, but again, they're coming in, especially when it comes to things like abuse, that is definitely intentional harm. But when there's nuances in between, for example, parental fighting or parents being an emotionally unavailable, sometimes it's because they're just not available to themselves either. Absolutely so it's, uh, true. And you, you're hurt by proxy. 
So that's Absolutely how I see it. True. Yeah. But Stephanie, thank you so, so much. I cannot, and I honestly, I'm being blown away by your, each episode I'm listening to, I'm like, oh, I like that one. I like that one. Um, one of one of the particular episodes that you spoke about and I love was episode 35. And you spoke about, um, are you a receptor or, or rep repellent of blessing? And I just love your transparency on that episode. I was like, wow, you just wore everything on your sleeve. You spoke about your process of why you lashed out, why you said what you said and et cetera. So I was really taken back by that. I don't come often come across to that level of transparency, actually. So that was pretty. Yeah. You made it OK for me to say, yeah, ma'am, I've done that to my husband sometimes. I've lashed out. <laughs> I've taken that stick and be like, you remember when you did this and justified resentment, right? I've had mm. justified resentment or self-righteous resentment, right? Mm -hmm. And and I love the way you broken it because I was subconsciously, I think, as I think you said, you are, uh, what's the word that you use? Uh, you are having, um, what did you say? I think I wrote it down. I don't Contempt. remember. Contempt. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, is that contempt episode? And I was like, uh, it's contentment. And when you broke that down, I was like, oh, but, uh oh, mm -hmm. guilty. And mm -hmm. I think it's just that how I'm, I was listening to that episode. I was thinking, oh boy, I thought I was justified, <laughs> but my reaction could have been better. And I had to really check myself. So yes, awesome. you put a word to it. But thank you so much, Stephanie. That was awesome. Thank you. So that is the end of this amazing episode. And I mean, honestly, don't you just love the wisdom shared by Stephanie? I mean, come on now. If you're still stuck on a fence about why you should, why you shouldn't forgive, now you're time to go on the other side of the fence and try to make a commitment to forgive. Now I'm gonna link all the, the details or where to come where you can find Stephanie. And more importantly, don't forget to download her free book. Now, if you feel like, you know what, what she said, I can relate, go and get the book because it will be your way to freedom of, of some type of emotional pain, which is there because you haven't forgiven. Now, remember again, forgiving is not about letting the other person get away scot-free. It's about setting yourself free. So... Thank you again for listening and I cannot wait to come back to you next week with another episode. Uh, thank you.